Hi, how are you? My name is Sean Keyes and you're listening to You, Me and BPD. Today I'm going to talk about uh, my emotions and splitting. Now, splitting is a term that people with BPD basically understand, but people that don't have BPD might not understand it as much. It's a very common, um, it's a very common thing with BPD, uh, splitting, because it's, uh, I suppose, really realistically, it's something that happens quite a lot to people with BPD, and it happened quite a lot to myself. Um, and as usual, these are only my opinions. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not qualified as in in anything really, to be honest with you. I spray hairs, so that's I'm I'm always clear and precise to say that because. I want to basically know that these are just my opinions. So anyway, I'll just, I'll talk about splitting from my perspective. So splitting really is um, when you love someone um, and you really love them, again, because people with BPD, they can't regulate their emotions. So when you love someone, you just love them with your all. And you can't help it. You just can't help that because... That's just the way your emotions are. You can't regulate your emotions. And if you can't regulate something, it's going to constantly flow to its fullest. It's a bit like a river. You know, sometimes rivers are regulated by dams and that's how, you know, they're, they're used. The energy in them is used to make electricity. But if you can't regulate, well, it's just a constant flow. And with people with BPD, because we can't regulate our emotions, it's a constant flow of that emotion until it's finished. So when we love someone, we really, really love someone. The problem is, is when somebody then hurts us. And as I've said in a previous podcast, when we get hurt, we get hurt to its extreme as well. And it's instant. It's, it's, it's absolutely instant. So when we get hurt, we get hurt so badly that the pain is so severe that it's it's absolutely mind blowing if 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 uh, if you could explain the pain and I, I've tried to explain the pain it's it's like your skin being ripped off and salt poured on top of it realistically but the pain the pain is so severe that you instantly don't like that person anymore and that's what's known as splitting where somebody can love you. And then all of a sudden, not love you. And they're uh, absolutely out to get you. You know, they're, they're hurt so badly that they're, they're realistically out to get you and trying to hurt you back. And from my opinion, why people try and hurt others back again is they're trying to explain to the other person, listen, what you've just done to me was so severe. This is what it feels like. Because most people with BPD... They see the world through feelings. They don't see the world through a sense of logic and explanations. So a lot of people with BPD, they try to explain their world through feelings. Because that's basically the most thing they feel is, is, um, is feelings. That we constantly feel things. So what happens is, is that they're in love with a person. I'm not saying their partner or anybody else. They could be in love with anybody, their best friend or whatever. And what would happen is they would be triggered. And the instant they're triggered, their brain will switch. 
and the brain will basically switch then because it's trying to defend itself and it's hurt so badly then they'll try and push back and this is the problem that most people with BPD have is that pushback when they're trying to show the other person this is how much you've hurt me it's generally you know and I'm putting me out my own hand up here it's generally you're not doing something too nice to the other person and this then causes trouble because the other person mightn't realize they've just triggered you I would have been into a state of splitting which means then I'm instantly going to try and push back with the hurt and both parties don't really know what's going on which is a nightmare so I suppose why why do we split um is the question that's in my head I'm like my own little interviewee but I suppose we split because our brains can't regulate that's the real truth of it all the whole the whole premise I believe of borderline is is, is we can't regulate we, we just can't regulate our emotions it's truly just that simple it, I often said this before, I, I had to learn how to drive a really, really fast car because my thoughts are really fast. I had to learn how to drive a really, really fast car with no brakes. And that's scary because you know there's no brakes, you know you can crash at any given time. And you have to try and manage this really, really fast brain. And that's an absolute nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. Um, another thing now that I'm thinking about that is this I couldn't tell my emotions years ago years ago I just couldn't tell should I be happy with that should I and I was trying my best not to react I was trying my best not to um, you know go into a fit of rage if I'm being honest and I couldn't tell and, and it's a really scary time when you're trying to actually now that I'm thinking about it when you're looking back from today and you're trying to figure the world out like nobody, and when I say nobody, not many people get the grasp of BPD in its depths. And I'm not trying to make BPD out to be this scary, scary um, illness. There's plenty of illnesses out there that are absolutely as scary. I can only talk about BPD because that's what I had, or post-traumatic stress disorder, or anxiety. But, you know, when, when you reflect and you look back and you, you think about the things that you had to do to overcome this illness and again i say overcome it and i'm going to talk about that in a minute because that's a it's after triggering a thought in my head and once i get a thought in my head i want to talk about it anyway i didn't know how i felt i did not know what my emotions were i couldn't tell why am i feeling this should if something happened to me and i was trying to be a better person i didn't know if i should be happy i didn't know if i should be sad i didn't know if i should be angry I didn't know if I should feel joy or sorrow. I just didn't know the feeling I should be feeling with what was happening. And so what I did was I thought about it in a very in a very logical way. I have people in my uh, I have people around me that are very good people. Um and what I did is I looked at them. I looked at you know, I looked at my wife. She's a very good moral person. I looked at my brother, he's a good moral person. My sister, very good moral person. And my best friend is a very good moral person as well. And at the time, what I did was, I looked at these people 
and I said to myself, these are very moral people. So I trust their morals and ethics and values in life. So what I used to do is I used to go to them. And do you know something? They probably don't know I did this. Um, so this is probably the first time I've talked properly about this. But I used to go to them. And I'd say a situation that happened. Like, you know, hey, I'm not happy with this. Uh, this happened to me. How would you feel if this happened to you? And i tell all four of them within a day or two. And if three of them said, yeah, I'd be pretty angry at that. And I felt the anger. I would remember that. I'd write it down that this particular thing happened. And the correct emotion is anger. And that's how little I understood my emotions, where I actually could not tell the correct emotion to feel at one stage in my life. And you know, and like I'm looking back upon that now and um that's just sad, if I'm being honest. You know, that's actually sad to think that your mind is so chaotic that you know you you really don't know how to feel and um yeah it it's 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 sad to think that unfortunately with this illness that you really have no idea how you feel and that is a pretty scary place to be now that I'm reflecting back upon that and that's the illness and I know that that's not just me. I know that's not unique to me. I know that I know that's the illness. I know that's BPD. And I'm I'm not gonna come on here as well and you know and try and create a pity party as in, you know, can't feel sorry for us. That's not the case. But at the same token I do want to make people aware of the illness and the depths of the illness. So that they at least understand it. I'm not saying again, I never advocate that any human being should act out or lash out or do anything like that. That's not the case. At the same token, I, I want to make an awareness about this illness because, you know, not many people get this illness. And, and I'm going to argue the fact that even not many psychiatrists get this illness because it can't be dealt with. Because it can't be dealt with because they don't know what they're dealing with. And I argue that case again and again. And I'm not being smart towards the psychiatry department because they are geniuses in their own right. But everybody knows nothing about something. And unfortunately with BPD, I just believe some some psychiatrists, they just don't know enough about it. So they don't know how to deal with it. So definitely, you know, there's a huge emotional problem with people with BPD. And as I just said there, you don't know your own emotions. You just don't know them. Um, and when you don't know your own emotions, how do you know what's right? How do you know what's not right? You know, you need people beside you. And uh, you just do need people beside you. You need people that are going to be supportive of you. You need that. If you, if you don't have a support... I would imagine this illness is, is an illness that will be very, very hard to overcome. And again, this is why I do a podcast. This is why I talk to people 
um, behind the scenes, as I call it, you know, chatting away to people there through Messenger, I suppose, is the most common one I use, is because you need a support. You need someone that understands this and goes, look, you're grand. Don't worry about it. You know, we'll do our best to get through it. You need that. And I don't care if I could be one person to one person on the planet, that's still one person more. And that's how I see it. You know, that's as simple as it gets for me. Because if I didn't have the support that I had, and still do have, if I'm being honest, if I didn't have that, I just wouldn't be as good as I am today. And, like, I could be online and, you know, there's plenty of um, plenty of websites or whatever for people with BPD, and I'm on a good few of them. And, you know, I always talk about how, how well I do. And, and sometimes it, it, it can trigger people, and I don't mean it, but when you reflect on it, I only do as well as I do because of the support I have. So I have to be honest about that. It's not all me. It isn't all me. Now today, I'm rock solid, if I'm being honest. Today, or a year ago, shall I say, definitely, you know, I'm rock solid. I can do this on my own. There is no problem. But I wasn't always like that. You're talking... Definitely 10 years of support with people. People that genuinely love me. So it's not an illness that you can do on your own. Or should I be honest and say it's not an illness I could have done on my own. I, I, I couldn't have mastered it. And I have mastered it. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to say why I've mastered it. This is going to be a case of, I suppose, a few thoughts that come into my head. And I'm going to say them. One of the biggest triggers for people with BPD is if someone like myself says, I've overcome the illness. Now, I'm going to stick my ground in saying I've overcome the illness for the simple reason is this. If you don't believe in something completely and absolute, you will not achieve it. So even though psychiatrists say that I, I'm not going to speak about anybody else. Even though psychiatrists say that I will always have borderline personality disorder. That's great. You keep that in your file. And if ever I need it again, I'll go back to you. That's my attitude. And it is a smart arse attitude. And I am being like that. For the simple reason is this. If any person on the planet was trying something. And the other person who was qualified in it said, look, you know, I know you're trying out for football here, but you know, you're never going to make it. That person won't give up. You know, I don't get why psychiatrists do this. I don't get why psychiatrists say, listen, you'll always have your illness. We don't need to know that. There's absolutely no reason that I can see. And I look at the world of science now. I look at the world of logic and reason. And I see no reason why a human being should be told, hey, listen, you have an illness. And, you know, no matter what you do, you're never going to overcome that illness. You shouldn't say that to someone. Why should we need to know about that? Why can't you just say to someone, listen, do your best and try your best. I mean, what's the difference? If they're going to come back to you in a couple of years time, what's the difference? You know, you know, if it's uncurable, you know, they're going to come back to you in a few years time. What are you telling them for? I don't understand that. It's just something that it grates on me unnaturally when, and I know what's out there. It's like, it's, Science facts, if you want to call it that. 
you know, BPD and the cluster B's illnesses, you know, your your cluster B illnesses, they can't be cured. Why would you tell someone that? Like, you know, why not just say, listen, try your best. Leave it at that. There's certain things, you know, I'm a, I'm a spray painter. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm a spray painter. People leave their car in when it's crashed to get it fixed by people like us. We don't tell people the depths of what we do to repair their car. We never do. If you told someone the depths of what you do to repair their car, they would get afraid because of what we have to do. It's completely safe. We're trained in by the manufacturers. So we have to repair a car to the manufacturer's standards because when they build a car, they actually crash it and then they repair it to see what's the best possible way to repair the car. And we have to repair to them standards. But if you told somebody who doesn't understand about repairs how to repair a car, they'd get afraid getting back into that car and driving it away. So you don't tell them. You just simply don't tell them. But psychiatrists have absolutely no problem telling people with BPD, yeah, you'll never be cured. That is a major no-no for me. How are you supposed to achieve anything in life if you always know the end goal is you're never going to achieve it? And that's why I say I'm cured. I'm cured until the day that I end up in hospital. And if I end up in hospital five years from now, great. Do you know what? I got five years without, or I got more than five years if I'm being honest, but I'm just talking from today. I got five years of, of, of being okay. Of thinking I was okay. You know, being delusion if you, being delusional if you want to call it that. So 100%, I believe BPD can be overcome. And I've overcome it. Because without that belief, I wouldn't have been as strong as I am today. I just wouldn't have been as strong as I am. I'd still be splitting. And this is why I want to talk about this podcast, splitting. I don't split anymore. You know, like my wife is the main person in my in my life. And I used to split on her and it was a nightmare for both of us. I don't split on my wife anymore. I don't love her and hate her instantly anymore and there's a great peace within that to know that you know people do things or we're all human beings there's none of us like the perfect person on the planet you know if 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 i make a mistake or my wife makes a mistake these days i don't hate her anymore for something simple i don't think she's out to get me i don't think she's out to hurt me i can understand it now that it was just a mistake. Something more we have to learn about. And that's life. We're going to learn about this all of our life. Now. Um, my mind is telling me to. Tell you about my voice. It's it's 5 o'clock in the morning. And I'm only up. I'm trying to do a podcast when I wake. Because it's an optimal time for me. Uh, so apologies about my voice. But back now to this. Um, yeah. I don't split anymore. And I believe, and this is a belief, it's not real. I'm, I'm always going to say belief or real because I, I believe in telling the truth. I believe the reason I don't split as much is because I believe BPD can be overcome. And what harm? What harm? There's people out there that believe in, um, we'll say, in the Hindu religion. They believe in a couple of thousand gods. What, what harm if they love it? 
people believe in Jesus Christ and believe in God, um, the Christian God or the Jewish God, the Muslim God, I think they're all the same God. What, what harm? What harm is in it if, if they're good people? What harm? There's no harm in it. You know, if you believe in something and it helps you and there's nobody else hurt, what harm? But to hold tight that BPD can't be cured, I'm never going to admit that. I'm, I'm always going to advocate that it can be cured. There's ways out of it. I've struggled. You know, as I said earlier on in the podcast there, I mean, when I had to reflect on the fact of what I had to do, I felt an Im- huge sadness coming over me, thinking that there was a human being, even though it's me that experienced it, I feel a lot of empathy, um, that a human being goes through that sort of nightmare on a daily basis where they just can't even tell their own emotions. Yeah, I'm going to advocate that that can be gone. That can be cured. That can be healed forever. And I will push that until the day I die. Absolutely. Because if you have a psychiatrist saying it can't be healed. I think that's just so unwise. I just really think that's so unwise. And I'm just thinking about my children as I say this. If they were to try anything in life. And straight away I go, nah, you mightn't do that. Oh, geez, you might not. You might not be able for that. They'd give that up straight away. And trust me, I know that. I know that only too well. I've huge experience with that one. Where, you know, I've tried things as a a child and unfortunately, and I'm saying unfortunately with this because I'm, I'm delving into personal stuff. Unfortunately, one of my parents, you know, he did that. Um constantly telling me that I might not make it in life and I'm I'm going to be as polite as I can in that sense saying this you know and I give up things very quickly because I believed them I absolutely believed that I might not make it in karate uh, you know in in running in school I was a good runner and told I wouldn't make it and I believed I absolutely believed it so I give up stuff Um, so much so that I ended up not having a belief in myself that's the thing about when your emotions are like this. When you're, when your emotions are so open and your emotions are so out there, you tend to believe what people tell you. Because you don't know. I didn't know if I was a good person, a bad person, a nice person, a rotten person. I didn't know. I had no idea. I knew I had a lot of rage. So that confirmed that I could have been a monster, if I'm being honest at one stage. So when people were telling me stuff when I was growing up, I believed them. I absolutely and truly believed them. And today, different person, I believe in myself. Completely and utterly, I believe in myself. I know my own self-worth today. I'm not threatened by people anymore. I'm not, um, you know, people don't hurt me as much anymore. I still get hurt, but I can regulate it fairly quickly. I don't take, I don't take it personal anymore. But when you're younger and you have, um, I suppose, I didn't have BPD when I was younger, but I was always hypersensitive. So, you know, there's that. I don't know why it's not called a hypersensitivity. But, yeah, I was constantly told that I might not make it at things. And when you're constantly told you might not make it at things, you end up believing that. And I always believed I was useless. So much so that... I have no state exams 
I would not do any state exams for fear that I wouldn't make it. Which, again, I look back upon it as a 42-year-old man. And I say this with a sense of honesty, without cockiness. I know I have a level of intelligence. I know I'm not the most intelligent person on the planet. But I know I have a level of intelligence that I would have at least passed my exams in school. I don't know what I would have got, if I'm being honest, because i never done them. I was so afraid of doing exams for fear of failing, for fear of fail, failing, because I, was, I, I grew up believing I was a failure through unfortunate um, being told it, that i never done any state exams. You know, I wouldn't put my name to anything. Even even my trade. I'm not qualified. Um, again, I wouldn't go near it. Which is ironic because, you know, I had my own business for over nine years and it was a successful business. I, I, um, I brought it through a recession, which I'm very proud of. To be able to bring a, a business through a recession for me tells me the person knows what they're talking about and I did and I'm proud of that achievement that I, I, I didn't sink during a recession and it was a horrible time if I'm being honest bringing a business through a recession it was a really really stressful time but do I have anything to my name no I have nothing there's absolutely no piece of paper on this planet that can tell me I'm anything in life and that's that's unfortunately because I had such a fear of failing when I was a youngster that I just didn't want to I didn't want to commit myself to it. That's life. Unfortunately, that's life. That's the way these things go at times. But um, there was a question I was going to ponder on earlier on. It's completely gone out of my head. So there you go. That'll tell you how rapid my head is. If it comes back to me again, I'll do another podcast on it. But I think that's it. I wanted to talk about splitting. I wanted to talk about the depths of the emotions that we feel, which can lead into splitting. And I hope, again, as always, this may help. It's only my opinion. It's only my uh, my view on the world. Um, I'm still having trouble with the podcast, as in I can record myself. I'm, I'm still having trouble, so I'm just kind of putting this one on this podcast. As soon as I get it up and running, I'm going to ask people on. And basically what I'm going to do is ask them to give their opinion. Because I'm not the only person on the planet with BPD. And my opinion is just mine. I know there's plenty of people with BPD that have many different lives, different than mine. And every one of them is valid as far as I'm concerned. And every one of them should be able to talk about their life. My 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 version of BPD is how Sean Keyes looks at BPD. It's not the correct way of looking at BPD. It's just my way of looking at BPD. There's hundreds of different personalities with BPD. And when I say personalities, we don't have... This is something that people get confused with. And I'm smiling saying this because it's, it's kind of like... It's, it's, I suppose it's silly to me, but I understand the illness and to someone who doesn't. Borderline personality disorder... It doesn't mean we have many different personalities. We have a personality disorder. So a personality is basically there's something wrong with our personality. Our unique personality, there's something wrong with it. Uh, if you have, say, depression, 
that's a chemical disorder. In some, not all, um, bipolar, it's a chemical disorder. So there's something wrong chemically in the brain. With people with BPD, it's a personality, which means we, we, we can't be medicated. There's no medication for, for borderline personality disorder because it's not chemically. Unfortunately, with other people with depression or say bipolar, that's chemical. And the, the great thing is there's medicine out there and that will help rebalance the chemicals in their brains. I have one personality in my head. It's Sean Keyes, but I don't have many. Borderline personality disorder is basically you are in the borderline of neurosis or psychosis. As uh, Tommy Tiernan, a comedian here in Ireland, he, he, he explains it well because he has borderline personality disorder and he says, neurosis, no good for me. Psychosis, no good for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he tells it as it is, I suppose, too. So listen, that's it. That's splitting. And depths of emotion and a little bit of a rant about why I believe borderline personality can be overcome. And again, I'm going to stress this before I go. If you don't believe in anything, you'll never achieve it. It's belief. It's belief in Jesus Christ. I'm an atheist. I know it's the belief in Jesus Christ that helps people through their day. It's that belief that they have something to anchor themselves to. I know it's belief that brings people over the finish line of a marathon. If they started doubting themselves on the 24th mile, I've never run a marathon, they would crash. The belief brings you over the line. So thanks very much.